do tell the gospel all by themselves if we just listen to them. It's, they're tremendous things. And uh, some of the remakes really don't do it justice. But uh, isn't it nice to just sing those and just be here? And it's so nice. Um, you know, they always talk about a couple of things at Christmas. They always talk about peace. And they always talk about hope. And I was thinking what we would talk about uh, tonight. And I, j- I won't keep you long, but... Just the idea about hope. It's pretty easy to look around and say in the world right now that there is a desperate lack of hope. And it would be easy, it's low-hanging fruit to talk about it, but it is a very serious situation that an awful lot of people do not have hope. And the hope that they do have, they're putting into institutions that are failing us whether it be political institutions, educational institutions, uh, medical institutions. Uh, A lot of the places where we would go to find hope for the future seems to be crumbling. And we've lived in a bubble here in the West for, you know, decades. And we have had this wonderful uh, life that because we had so much money and we still have so much credit. Now, we don't have as much money. We have more credit now. Um, not as much money. But the fact is it insulated us from the realities of life in a lot of situations. But even here in the West, we are starting to see that the things that we hoped in are not solid. And I think at this time of year when people start thinking about hope and thinking about peace you kind of say, what does that all mean? What does that mean? What kind of hope is God talking about? What kind of hope did Jesus come to give us? And the hope, and when I was thinking about it today, I was walking through the woods this morning just thinking about this, and the statement came to me, God never gives up. And he never gives up on you. He never gives up on you and me. And What is really difficult is that because we live in a culture that is moving away from faith principles and is moving away from uh, coming to a place like a church, and I'm not saying this to criticize, I'm just saying it's a reality that people are are moving away from going to church on Sundays, so they're not really hearing this message. You will not hear this message at Walmart. We will not hear it watching Netflix. We will not hear it sitting at a bar or at a casino. We will not hear the message that God does not give up on you. And what God is waiting is to see whether or not we have given up on him. That's what God is trying to find out. And for no other reason than he wants to correct that assumption. That it does not matter who you are. It does not matter what you are. It does not matter what you have done, what you are doing. God loves you just the way you are. And he does not give up on you. God, Jesus came to show us that God was still interested in us. He could have let the world just carry on its way. And I don't know where it would have been if the church had not been born 2,000 years ago and there had been that mitigating force 
in our world and in our society that says God still hopes. God is here. God is able. And this is one of the great messages of the faith is that when everything else fails, God does not fail. Now, life may give us some things we don't want, but that does not necessarily mean they are things we do not need. Sometimes life can teach us very, very important things by going through difficult situations, and that can be God. And sometimes life is just horrible, and it hits you unfairly, and life, and I don't know how that all works. I don't know where that divide is between free will and just God doing something. I don't know where that is. But I know sometimes life can be just rough, and it's in those times that we need hope, and it's in those times that we need to really understand that God loves us and he's with us. And all he's wanting us to do is to reach out to him and believe that. We had uh, a situation um, recently in the church, and uh, someone's sister was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Uh, She was, I think, in her 70s, maybe late 60s. Um, And the doctor said to her brother, who goes to this church, said, I got as much of it as I could. There's, I don't know if there's still 50% in there. Uh, we don't know. But it's going to kill her. She might get a year if she has chemo and some radiation, but it's going to kill her. And this happened. We heard about it Sunday. And they prayed because there are people who believe that God doesn't give up on us. And they believe that there's a God who can change situations that medical situations can't change. And they prayed. She went for her checkup to see when they were going to start the the next treatments uh, last week. And the doctor came in all excited. And he said, I don't know how it happened, but it's gone. The tumor is gone. And you are now cancer-free. Now, we can call that a coincidence, I call that a miracle. That's a miracle. And I don't say that to be God's PR guy or anything. I'm just saying that's the kind of God that was born on Christmas Day to come and let you know and let me know that when everything else fails you, God can be there for you. But it takes something. It takes us making a decision. We have to step into that hope. We have to step into that possibility of a miracle. We have to step into that process of saying, I am going to trust everything that the world has created, or I am going to maybe, you know, trust God. And that's a decision we have to make. And I think every Sunday what happens in a good church is that hopefully you're getting the opportunity to make that decision. You're getting the opportunity to remind, to be reminded that though everybody else is saying that your life is going nowhere, every other circumstance is telling you that it's not worth hoping for anymore. When every other situation in your mind with the mental health issues of today and all that stuff, when all of that is telling you to give up, there is a force in the universe that's saying no. 
there's one more person you can depend on, and it's Jesus Christ. And I've seen, I've been walking in my faith for 40 years now, and like I'm far from perfect, let me tell you, and I've had some things happen that I don't understand, but I will tell you this, God does not give up. God does not give up. Even when I have given up, God has not given up and has turned situations around. And there's people here tonight who need situations turned around. They need to turn around. You know it. There's things in your life you want to have turned around. And God is saying, I might be able to help you with that. I want to help you with that. One of the great things we miss about God is that he's a father and a good father. I know many of us have had fathers that maybe, I don't know. And that's the way we sometimes project about God. But that's not our heavenly father. Our heavenly father is a God who loves us unconditionally. Well, I really screwed up, and I really, you know, I fell back into this, or I tripped and I did this, or I said this, or whatever it is, and God says, yeah, I understand you. I made you. I know what your weaknesses are. I know what your strengths are, and I also know why I made you. And as long as we simply come to God and say, I tripped up again, (laughs) or whatever it is, God's saying, I have made a way for that to not stop my plan for your life from happening. And that's what Jesus did on the cross 33 years after this happened. Jesus came and died for those trips, falls. Sometimes it's very deliberate of of us. Sometimes we're just willfully wrong, and we're hateful, and we're angry, and we rob, steal, whatever it is we do. But Jesus came, and what happened on the cross is that God just put all of that stuff I just talked about, and he just heaped it on Jesus' shoulders. And Jesus paid the penalty for what you and I do very naturally. God knows that you and I are human. He does not expect you to be superhuman. He simply expects you to bring that humanity to him and say, Dad, I need help. (laughs) I need help. I need forgiveness. I need restoration. I need healing. I need a miracle. I need a new direction in my life. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I know I'm in bondage to things. I know that there's things that I'm doing in my life I shouldn't be doing. I don't want to do them. I don't know why I do them. And God's saying, I know why you do them, and I'm willing to help you with that. But all of it has to come from a decision where we actually make a decision to say, I am going to ask you for help. I'm going to go where I can get that help. And that's all it is. It's so simple, really. It really is so simple. We don't have to pay for it. It's this wonderful gift that God gave us in Jesus Christ. He came said God was amongst us. Emmanuel actually means God amongst us. And God walked amongst us. And when we read the Gospels, if you go in the New Testament and read the Gospels, you will see the depiction of Jesus. And what you're seeing is the depiction of the Father. And that 
depiction, you never saw Jesus turn anybody away. Nobody. Didn't matter what they were. Didn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter. And that's God's great call to the world right now. He's saying, I'm here to help. And you know what? Situations, I'm not going to pretend that becoming a Christian, all of a sudden, once you ask God to come into your life and you make that decision to follow him in whatever way you do it, I'm not telling you that your life is going to turn perfect. It just is not. There's going to be difficulties, but there's a God who walks through the difficulties with you. There's going to be setbacks, but there's a God there to catch you when you get the setback. There's things that are going to happen that you don't understand, but there's a God that will give you, as Scripture says, a peace that is past understanding. This is the wonderful, miraculous part of God. You will not become a perfect human being. You will still struggle with all the things that we struggle with, but step upon step, day after day, you will gradually move in a different direction, a direction that is towards better. So, God does not demand perfect. He's really into better. (laughs) He's really into better. Because he offers us the strength to do that. So that's the wonderful message of hope that we have. In 1 Corinthians, which is a book in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul, and he was talking about what love is. And he said this, and and in, in his description, he was talking about what the love of God is like. And he said, love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And that, my friend, that is a promise from God. That is what God will give us when we come to the conclusion in our life that we want it. He said, I'm going to give you something that never gives up. I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult at times and there's going to be things you don't understand, but I'm going to give you something that will never give up. I'm going to give you something that never loses faith. Somehow you will rebound. And some people get hit by things in life that they just never rebound from. You know people, I know people, who've had things happen to them 20 years ago and they're still stuck in the moment because they can't rebound from the hurt. They can't rebound from the loss. God is saying, I will give you a love. I will give you a presence that will actually allow you to be able to do that. This is why Jesus came. It is always hopeful. As I said, we are living in a time where we are desperately in need of hope. Humanity is taking things into their own hands. And it's getting very dangerous. We are seeing the whole globe erupt. But God says, I am going to give you something that will always make you be hopeful. And what does that do? Being hopeful allows you to be calm. And it stops you from making stupid mistakes, which we all have made because we are in a panic and we're scared and we don't know what to do. So we just do the first thing that comes to us. God says, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something that is going to make you hopeful that though you can't change the situation, you know someone who can. I went through 14 years of intense anxiety, depression, off work for six months and then a year. Dark, dark, dark times. 
Some of you who experienced that know what that's like. And in the worst of it, when I had my face in my hands at 4 o'clock in the morning saying, what is going on, Lord? Is this the abounding life of a Christian? (laughs) What always came back is just this knowledge, God, you're greater than this. You're bigger than this. You can get me through this. That's hopefulness. Some people don't have that in the middle of a mental health issue, and it turns the other way, and we all know the statistics. And endures through every circumstance. This is what God is promising you tonight. I tell you, and you've got to take this home with you, I don't know what is in your life. I don't know what's going to come into your life, but there is nothing There is absolutely nothing in this earth that can stop you when you have the hope of Christ in you and it will cause you to endure through every circumstance. That's why the the great people of faith and we hear the martyr stories of what they went through, what kept them going, what kept them to be able to endure through that. And, And if anything is happening in our world today, we have no more endurance Everyone's falling. The first bit of struggle, the first bit of, of opposition, it, it, it seems our fiber, our very fiber has come apart. And that which caused that old, we call it the old stock, right? That old stock, strong, prairie stock. Well, if you go back to a lot of that old stock, where were they every Sunday? They were in church. I unapologetically promote church because it's probably the only place that you're going to get a situation where you're being told you can and God will and it's okay it may not be pleasant but it's going to be okay you're gonna get through this there is an answer there is a way something will change and if all of that doesn't happen I will be with you so that you can endure it But it will always come out positive. Always. So that's what Christmas is. That's what it is. That's the beautiful message of Christmas. That's what he's came for. That's what he came for. And that's what he's here tonight, 2,000 years later, to offer you. And you say, well, how do I get that? And it's really simple. It's just, you know, when you get married, you go up to an altar and you just go, I do. And all of a sudden, your whole life changes. (laughs) The whole thing changes. People say, ah, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah, well, try it. See what happens, (laughs) right? Try that. Because there's a commitment being made. And it's simply that. It's saying, God, I want what you are offering. And I say yes to it. You can do it on your pillow tonight. You can do it on the bus on Friday when you go back to work. You can do it tonight here as we sing Silent Night. You can do it. God knows what's in your heart. He hears it. He does hear us. So, Father, I thank you for what you're saying to us tonight. I thank you for the offer that you have given us tonight. I thank you, Father God, that you drew everybody here tonight because you wanted them to know that you love them just the way they are and that you're willing to come into their life just the way they are. And what needs to change, you'll change. And what needs to be known, you'll cause to be known. But you just want us to know that you love us. And Father, we thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.